Good morning, and uh, just wanted to let you guys know what a privilege it is to be able to share with you. This is one of our live campus pastor weekends, which happen, you know, two to three times a year or so. It is my first one here with you, and I just want you to know what a blessing it is. I think something special happens when we break God's word together. You know, there's just something that God can do in our hearts and and just uh, glue us together by his spirit as we break his word together. So it's a great privilege for my wife and I um, to be with you here and to be sharing specifically in this way. Before I get into the message, though, uh, I wanted to share with you, some of you guys are on our Lakewood Facebook page. So yay, give yourselves like a little golf clap. Sweet. Okay. Uh, those of you that aren't, you can just look it up, JFC Lakewood or Jubilee Lakewood. Uh, but you would have seen our Christmas card for our family. For those of you who uh, didn't receive that, wanted to show that uh, to you. And uh, so this is just a little picture that we took. Mainly, I wanted to show you our dogs that are found in the middle there. So uh, this, the, the lighter one is Lucy, which uh, if you know her, some people have said it stands for Lucifer, but we're not going to talk about that. Um, just don't try to pet her if you visit our house uh, and you'll be fine. Uh, and then in the dark there, black and white is uh, Millie and she's our nine month old puppy and she loves you and will kiss you to death. So it's kind of pick your, you know, death by biting or by kissing uh, up to you. But uh, over here is our son, Caleb. And you may have seen him. He used to lead, uh, kind of co-lead with Josh and play guitar here. Now they're worship leaders with his wife, Shana, uh, over at Freedom Fellowship. And then Zachary is our second born. He is in New York City working there. And then we've got Levi, who's 17 over here, just graduated high school and is helping out with the creative department at Jubilee. He's at Lone Tree Campus this morning. And then Eliana, our 14-year-old, going on 22. Uh, she is great. She got her mom's brains and, uh, and her mom's good looks, too. So I'm not sure what she got for me. But anyway, uh, so that's our family. But we just wanted to wish you guys uh, a very merry Christmas and a happy new year and just let you know that we're just so blessed to be a part of this family and to share together. Uh, we are talking this weekend about preparing for God's new things. We came together as campus pastors and really began to say, hey, what is God stirring in our hearts? What does God want to communicate with his people, with you? And we really felt that this was the message, preparing for God's new things. Obviously, it's a new year. You know, you kind of see what we're doing there dotted line, new year, God's doing new things. Uh, but it is something that I believe is prophetically happening in the spirit. God is doing a new thing. And when God does something new, there's a preparation that needs to take place so that we're prepared to step with him in those new things. And so I believe that the word for this weekend, God wants us to fully be ready to experience, to partake, to possess the promised land that he has for us this year, both as individuals, as families, as marriages, as a church body, um, as part of his church in this region and in the world. And, uh, but I believe God sends his word beforehand to prepare the ground and to prepare the soil of our hearts. And as I thought about, you know, this message this weekend, I think it's kind of like one of those uh, bomb sniffing dogs, you know, that are found at the airports or, you know, wherever. It's kind of like, you know, the enemy, what he does is he tries to plant these little teeny sort of little short circuit, you know, bombs or little things to try to hinder God's purposes in our lives, to try to like, you know, lie to us, deceive us, distract, hold us back in some way from all the amazing, incredible things that God wants to do. And I believe that God's word today is going to kind of come in and... You know, if you can picture, I don't know, God's word sniffing out where the enemy's strongholds are, where the lies are, where the things are that the enemy would try to use, would dare to use to hold you and me back 
from what God has and he's going to destroy those things and he's going to just let his truth and his word prevail in our lives. Does that sound like something you want? All right, well, let's jump in. So how do we partner and prepare for God's new things? I just want to talk to you about three things, three ways that we can do that um, today. Now, I forgot my backpack at home with my iPad, which had all my notes and all that. So that can be one of two things. Either it's going to be a really short message or I'll just sort of start talking, you know, from the hip and it'll be like, we'll still be here by the end of the 11 o'clock. What would have been the 11 o'clock service? So we're not sure what's going to happen. Just stretch forth your hands secretly and pray for the spirit of brevity. Uh, if you feel the need to do that. But I wanted to to tell you three things that we can do to partner with God. The first one is this, is to look back and honor and celebrate what God has done. To look back and honor and celebrate what God has done in the past. In our notes is found a story in 1 Samuel chapter 7, verses 10 through 12. uh, And I'm just simply, well, so here's the context of this. The uh, nation of Israel was surrounded, as it is today actually, by nations that wanted to destroy it and that were enemies of it and so forth. In this particular case, it was the Philistines. And they were threatening to, again, to destroy God's people. And it says this, Just as Samuel was sacrificing the burnt offering, so he was choosing to honor the Lord first and invite and welcome his blessing, the Philistines arrived to attack Israel. But the Lord spoke with a mighty voice of thunder from heaven that day, and the Philistines were thrown into such confusion that the Israelites defeated them. The men of Israel chased them from Mizpah to a place below Bethkar, slaughtering them all along the way. Sounds like an R-rated movie. Um, Samuel then took a large stone and placed it between the towns of Mizpah and Jeshana, and he named it Ebenezer or Ebenezer, which means the stone of help. For he said, up to this point, the Lord has helped us. What do we see happening in that story? Man, the people were in a desperate situation. They cried out to God. They, they needed him to do what only he could do. As oftentimes, I think we find ourselves in our lives. Perhaps looking back at 2016, you can... Point your finger at different times where you're like, God, I need you. God, help me. God, I don't know what I'm going to do. And all of a sudden, what happened? God answered them. God had compassion on them. He delivered them. He gave them victory. And what did Samuel do? He took that stone, put it there and said, you know what? We need to commemorate this. We need to honor what God has done. We need to recognize that, that God has been good, that God has been faithful. And we need to call it, hey, Ebenezer, this far, God has brought us. This far, the Lord has helped us. And I believe that the same applies to us. God would say, as we prepare for the new things he wants to do, one of the most important things we can do is actually look back and say, God, I want to look back and take some time. Perhaps it's, you know, grab a few minutes with coffee in the morning or after the kids have gone to bed at night or whenever, you know, you can do this. But in the next couple of days, carve out some time. Say, God, I don't want to move forward until I've celebrated what you've done. Until I've looked back and I've given you praise and thanks for delivering me from my enemies or from the good things that you've done in my life in 2016. Ebenezer, this far God has brought us. And here's the deal. You know, why is it important to do that? I believe actually it's so important that God established it in the regular routine life of the, the Jewish people, his people. It wasn't just when God, you know, sort of out of the ordinary did some incredible miraculous deliverance. It was built into every week, right? So they would go six weeks and then God said, hey, on the seventh day, stop, stop moving forward, stop achieving, stop attaining, stop conquering new ground, stop, relax, look back, maybe have a nice meal, maybe like a couple of candles, 
do the little prayer thing that, you know, the ladies do. Put your little prayer shawl. Anyway, but look back. The point is saying, thank me for what I've done. Don't forget to celebrate my goodness in your life. Don't forget to be thankful. Psalm 100 verse 4 tells us this. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise, right? Why is that? I think something supernatural happens in our mind when we begin to thank God. I believe it resets our mind. You know, I don't know if you're like me, but man, sometimes like, you know, I'm pushing forward and I'm just, you know, in good things. I mean, I'm not trying to like, you know, sell drugs and, you know, whatever, you know, you know, be a terrorist. I'm, you know, doing things that I think are, you know, good and honoring to the Lord and good for my family and good for my, you know, my wife, my kids. But it's like, you know, we're just pushing, pushing, pushing. And sometimes, man, we just kind of begin to like, you know, this rock isn't moving and I'm trying to move. And it's almost not, and you know, we just get frustrated and we get discouraged or we get whatever, you know, it just kind of, our mind begins to get a little bit dark, a little bit shaded in the wrong way, a little bit clouded. And I believe that when we do what this is saying, we turn our heart to thanksgiving. We put that altar of Ebenezer and say, God, let me stop for a second. Let me look back and say, wow, this far you have brought me. God, the enemy wanted to do that thing, but God, you delivered me. God, the enemy tried to attack my health, but Lord, you were faithful. Man, the enemy tried to attack our marriage, but Lord, you intervened. Man, look at that attack on our finances. But God, I don't know how it happened, but it brought us through. Maybe some unexpected things happened. Right? I'm not saying it's all like, woohoo, yay, it's all easy. Sometimes we look back and we see painful things, don't we? Sometimes there's things that God allowed. And, and man, we've got right here in our church family, we've, we've lost a young girl of nine years old in the last couple of months. I mean, think about, you know, what that family is going through and what all of us have gone through as a church family. I mean, there's things that are horribly painful. That we don't have an easy answer for. That we don't, oh, yay, grab my big Bible and say, praise God, hallelujah. You know, God is sovereign. No, sometimes in the midst of that pain, in the midst of, of suffering, in the midst of grieving, in the midst of saying, God, I don't know. I'm, I'm hurting. I, don't, I can't make sense of this right now. We can still, we can still choose to say, but God, in the midst of this, I'm going to thank you. Right? In, in Thessalonians chapter 5, where it tells us, in all things, give thanks. It doesn't say for all things. You see the difference there? Because we don't have to thank God for every bad thing that the enemy tries to throw our way. Oh, God, thanks that the enemy's throwing, you know, bricks at me right now. Woohoo! And thank you that he slashed my tire. You know, God's not saying be stupid. He's saying, no, don't thank him for all things. Thank him in all things. No matter what's going on, it's not, oh, it's all good. There are things that are painful. There are things that, man, the enemy tries to do. But we can say, no matter when I'm in that situation and I'm in that battle, God, I choose to thank you. Here's your homework assignment. Read Psalm 77. If you're in that place where you're saying, man, I look back and I'm struggling to see the goodness of God in this last year. Psalm 77, man, talks about, man, God, what's going on? Wow, God, are are you never going to be kind to me again? But then it says, I will remember you. I will look back and remember the goodness of the Lord. And even there, you see the psalmist begin to to stir up and to to dig up that well of thanksgiving. You know what? Maybe, Maybe the last year hasn't been great, but you know what? I think back about the time that God saved me from my sin. I look back about the time that God delivered me. I look back about the time that God showed me his great love. And all of a sudden, we begin to to well up with thanksgiving. So no matter if you've had the greatest year of your life or no matter if it's been a tough one, 
I believe that God is saying, hey, as we prepare for his new things, let's look back, let's honor and let's celebrate. Let's allow that praise and thanksgiving to position our hearts for faith to look ahead, which actually, and by the way, um, I want to encourage you guys, journal that, write it down and share it with somebody. All right. Journal it and share it with somebody. Uh, just as an example, as a congregation, we had incredible things happen in our church this year. We had more than 400 people make a decision to make Jesus the Lord of their lives, to find new life in Christ. We had about 185 people be baptized in water and follow Jesus in that step. We had about 180 people be a part of a short-term missions trip to 14 different countries that were impacted by that. We've had over $800,000 given towards God's mission. And so, you know, we've done, I mean, we've had over uh, 600 people be a part of a discovery track class and say, hey, I want to take that next step to truly learn where I fit in the body of Christ. I mean, God has done tremendous things. I want to encourage you, even as we do that, as we celebrate together as a church, do that with your spouse, do that with your kids, do that in your family. Make a pocket of time. We say, we're going to chronicle, to write down and to say out loud, the things God has done to give him thanks and give him praise. Don't move forward without that. But here's the next thing we can do. As we've done that, we've looked back and thanks. God wants us to look forward with confidence. God wants us to look forward with confidence. I don't know where you're at as we've turned the corner on this new year. Maybe you're thinking, yes, you know, I'm super excited about it. Or maybe you're kind of walking with trepidation like, I don't know. You know, I mean, there's, you know, our world is a crazy place, right? There's a lot of different things going on around us. Here's what God wants you to know. He is getting ready to do something good in your life. He has good intentions and good purposes for you, right? How do I know this? Because he can't help himself. Our God is a blesser. Our God is a life giver. Our God is a restorer. Our God is a maker of things new. In fact, Revelation 21 verse 5, he says this, Behold, I make all things new. Right? In your notes, it's found Isaiah 43 verse 19. It says this, For I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. What is God saying there? I believe God's saying, you know what? The wilderness, dry wasteland, those are, those are obstacles, right? Those are barriers. Those are, those are things in our life that we go, man, I don't think this can happen. And God's saying, well, not normally and not without me, but with me, right? With me, without me. Just checking to see who my movie people are. With me, without me. With me, without me. With me, right? With me. God is saying, with me, I am the God of the impossible. I am the God who makes all things new. I don't know what it is in your life that needs to be made new. If it's your hope that's been crushed, if it's your peace that's been stolen, if it's a relationship, what it is that you're saying, God, but that's broken. God, but that's dead. And God is saying, I'm going to make it new. I'm going to come in with my life, with my power, and do what you can't do, and do what only I can do. Are you thankful for that today? Man, I'm thankful for that. Um, here is 
the thing. Change is inevitable, right? I think it was Benjamin Franklin that says, you know, only two things are sure in life, death and taxes. But someone else said, um, you know, the only thing that uh, uh, stays the same is change, right? I mean, just things are always changing around us, in us. I mean, if you're a parent, you know that, right? You kind of finally figure it out like, okay, you know, I finally figured it out like Thursday nights was going to be like our little family dinner night, you know, and I got all... You know, I'm the papa and I, you know, and we literally like lit candles and, you know, cause I'd been to Israel a couple of times. I'm like, we're going to have like our little Sabbath thing, you know, with all of our family sitting around the table and I'm going to bless each one of them. And I'm going to like try to say words in Hebrew that I can't really pronounce and all this kind of stuff. And, oh, no, no, you know, do fiddler on the roof stuff, you know, do little dances. Ta-da. Um, <clears throat> but it was awesome and it worked great. And my kids loved everything. But then it was like, literally like by the time it really started like working, then it was like one of them got a job and he was working Thursday nights and the other it was like, ah. It's changing. No, leave it. It's perfect. It was so wonderful. But it was great while it lasted. But what happened? Change, right? I mean, just life has a way of just bringing about change. We've experienced a lot of change at Jubilee this last year, right? I mean, man, we've got, you know, staff changes, not just at this campus. We've had a lot here. But man, you know, Castle Rock had a lot of changes. You know, uh, uh, Highlands Ranch Campus, boy, they're getting ready to They've got new staff coming in and children's pastor, new associate pastors coming in. All kinds of changes happening as we get ready to start the Parker campus this year. I can say this year. Woo-hoo. Um, that's kind of exciting. But the whole point is this. Change happens. But God wants you to know that he is for you, right? Our church was founded on Isaiah chapter 61. And in that passage, I'm going to read you just a few verses from Isaiah 61. It says this, and this is the passage that Pastor John received uh, when he received the seed and the vision to start Jubilee Fellowship Church 19 years ago. It says this, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. What is he proclaiming? What is he proclaiming? Good news. It's not bad news. It's not mediocre news. It's not try harder. It's not get your life together and be a better person. It's good news. Then it says this. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. I'm telling you what, there's something in there for everybody. I mean, that's like, you know, Costco. Uh, that passage right there. It's like, you can't leave without something is there for you. Maybe you're brokenhearted. God's saying, I have a plan for that. I'm going to lift you up. Maybe you feel like you're in darkness and you're like, Lord, I don't know. What, what, what is this year? What direction, you know, is my job taking or my family or God's saying, I got light for your darkness. Maybe you're saying, you know, man, I'm struggling with an addiction. I feel like I'm a captive. God's saying, boom, I'm going to break those chains and make you free for the first time in your life. Maybe you just need some good news. Maybe you've been burned down by the world around us or situations in your family or your life. And God's saying, man, I'm going to speak good news to you. I have good things that I'm going to do in your life. God, I'm telling you, church, God wants us to understand this. He is for us. 
We can't even move farther in, in, in growing in closer to the Lord until we know he is for us. Do you understand that? When Pastor Terry and some of us campus pastors were talking a couple years ago about our discipleship program, we came up with these four simple phrases, but I believe they're, they're powerful. And it was this, everybody, if you think about everybody in this community, think about people in Lakewood right now, think about, you know, people at Denny's over there having, you know, all you can eat pancakes and, you know, whatever, and the stay over here, whatever. Every single person needs to know these four things and needs to see them actively played out in their lives. Jesus for me, Jesus to me, manifesting himself as my savior and my Lord and my King and giving me a chance to respond to him. Jesus in me, doing the work of the Holy Spirit, right? The fruit of the Holy Spirit, making me more like Jesus, just working in my life, you know, rolling the sleeves up, you know, getting the jackhammer out, you know, whatever it is. And last, Jesus through me. I'm telling you what, church, I, I pray in Jesus' name. I hope you, you, you hear this. I want to say it again. This year, God is going to show you he is for you. Jesus is going to reveal himself to you in powerful ways. Jesus is going to work in you in amazing, miraculous ways. And Jesus is going to reveal himself through you like never before. I want you to receive that. I want you to, I want you to get it in your spirit. Get it in your spirit in Jesus' name. And it begins with understanding God is for us. We can look forward with confidence, not because we have all the details figured out and we know everything that's going to happen, but because we know he loves us. We belong to him. He's a blessing God. And God has called us as a church to be a community where people discover and recover the promises of God for their lives, right? It starts with us being in that place where God is opening our eyes, showing us who he is, showing us his great love. Tell you what, as we discover and even recover the things that the enemy has tried to steal, there's the life of God is going to well up within this place. We're going to see him reaching through us and reaching the nations. Here's one more passage I want to share with you. Second Corinthians one, verse 20 through 22. I don't have it in my notes, but Jeff can pull it up. Thank you. Says this, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are, one more time, no matter how many promises God has made, they are, yes, yes in Christ. And so through him, Christ, the amen is spoken by whom? Us to the glory of God. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He appointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Jesus and, and the Father have said yes. He's saying here, I'm not trying to make up my mind whether I like you or not. I'm not like, eh, should I bless him? Eh, I don't know. You know? Oh, let me flip a coin. Heads, tails. No. That's not, he's not waffling back and forth. He's saying all of God's promises are, yes, God wants you to have peace. God wants you to have his joy. God wants you to be filled with expectation and faith. God wants you to have the confidence of knowing you're a son or a daughter of the king of kings. God loves you. It's not, well, yeah, maybe, no, I'm not sure. It's yes. And then it says, and we then say amen, which is yeah, what you said, right? <laughs> In the vernacular. What he said. You know, yes, Lord, you say yes. I'm like, so be it. Be it done unto me, right? Mary said, be it done unto your servant according to your word. Yes, Lord. I'm saying yes back, but only my yes like matters some. But really the most important thing is that he said yes. 
When he says yes, and I just like echo it back like, okay, yes, God. Let's see all of those good things in my life, but also through me for the glory of God. And God's going to do it in our lives. The last thing we want to talk about today is that God wants us to follow with wisdom and with faith. God wants us to follow him with wisdom and faith. Once we get in our spirit that he's for us, that we have nothing to fear, that he is walking with us, that his purposes are good for us, that, that he's going to reveal himself you know, for us and to us and in us and through us, we need to follow in wisdom and faith. Look at the passage there in Joshua chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, found in your notes. So I want to give you just a quick context before I read this. The people of Israel had been brought out of Egypt by Moses, and it took about four months to get to the Jordan River, uh, if my uh, memory is correct. And they were there getting ready to go across the promised land. And God was like, hey, guys, you guys ready? Because I'm going to give you a land flowing with milk and honey. Man, you're going to live in houses you didn't build. You're going to tend you know, vineyards that you didn't cultivate. You're going to be eating grapes you didn't plant. I mean, it's going to be a good thing, right? And they're like, woohoo, yay, we're in. And they're like, oh, but can we just send some spies in first just to, you know, check it out just for, you know, it's like, okay, well, all right. So every tribe pick a spy. And so they all did that. So 12 people go in for 40 days and they look around and they're sure enough. I mean, they're carrying like a big, huge thing of grapes, you know, between the two of them, you know, and all that kind of stuff. It's amazing fruit and amazing goodness in the land. But there's also like a few giants here and there and, you know, some other things like that. And they're kind of like, Huh, about that promise, God, uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. And they begin to look at themselves and what their abilities were instead of really going after God's promise and making that the anchor of their lives. So what happened? They disobeyed. They began to say, oh, God brought us out of here to kill us. It would have been better to die in Egypt. You know. And so God was fairly upset. And he was like, you know, well, actually, he was really upset. Cause he was like, Moses, get out of the way. I'm going to, you know, I'm gonna just... And just take care of all of this in one foul soup. And Moses is like, no, don't do it, God. You know, let's, you know. So God decides, okay, you know what? Let's take him out in the desert for 40 years. And we'll, you know, have this generation die off that was 20 years or older. And then we'll ne- let the next generation come in and possess the land and possess my promises. So that's what happened. So here we find ourselves 40 years later. And now they're at that same place. And they're looking across that same river into that promised land. But they're like, oh, man. We don't want to blow it. Okay, what's God going to do? Here's what God tells them. Uh, Early the next morning, Joshua and all the Israelites left Acacia Grove and arrived at the banks of the Jordan River, where they camped before crossing. Three days later, the Israelite officers went through the camp, giving these instructions to the people. When you see the Levitical priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, move out from your positions and follow them. Listen to this, though. Since you have never traveled this way before, they will guide you. Stay about a half mile behind them, keeping a clear distance between you and the ark. Make sure you don't come any closer. Interesting, right? Interesting instructions. Hey, since you haven't been this way before, leave a little bit of a distance. What's it saying? Is it saying God doesn't want us to come near him? Is it saying, hey, keep your distance, don't get close to me? Not at all. I believe this is what it's saying. You've been going around the desert for 40 years. You're like, yeah, we get it. More sand. Got it. Yeah, that ma- yeah, we've been around that 10 times already. Okay, we get it, you know. And so we kind of, you know, the people had no doubt developed these patterns and these kind of rhythms and routines that, you know, they were familiar with, right? Do we do the same in our lives? 
We do, right? We're like, ah, time to get the oil changed again. Oh, tires getting bald. All right, you know. And it's not like, oh, God, let me pray about the tires. You know, what would thou havest your servant to do? You know, it's okay. We find patterns and we do stuff because there's wisdom there. There's a certain amount of wisdom that we gain from experience and from routine and from, you know, things happening over and over in our lives. And that's okay. It's good to have wisdom, right? It's okay to learn stuff. We can learn from our own lives. We can learn from the experience of others, from books, from whatever. But God is saying, hey, I don't want you just to rely on wisdom, as good as that is. And man, wisdom is a great thing. I mean, Proverbs is full of, hey, get wisdom, get understanding, get knowledge. Though it costs you all you have, get all your pearls and diamonds and, you know, whatever, get it. But here God is saying, hey, as good as all of that experience is, and as much as you know that I'm for you and that I'm going to give you the land, as you look forward, you're full of faith and expectation. There's one more thing that makes a huge difference in you actually experiencing my blessings to the fullest and you actually possessing everything I have for you. And that is, I want you to follow me and I want you to follow me, not just with wisdom, but with faith. Now, what do I mean by faith? Well, here's the difference. There's two words in the Bible in the Greek that talk about the word of God. Okay. One is logos. And actually pastor Evan taught me to say that correctly because I used to say logos and not that anybody cares, but I just thought you should know I'm saying it correctly, Logos, um, since he's the Greek student. And, uh, and the other one is Rhema. And Logos means kind of the revealed word of God, right? The chronicled and revealed and written word of God, which again is powerful, is life-changing. I want to encourage you, get into God's word, read it in the morning, read it at night, you know, get the waterproof Bible thing and read it in the shower. I mean, you know, have it on your podcast, under your pillow, you know, whatever. I mean, you cannot get too much of God's word. Memorize it. Talk about it with your kids. God's word says, you know, it's, it's like water that bathes us. It renews us. It, it changes our mind, renews our mind, changes our thinking, aligns us with God's purposes. That's powerful. And that's the logos. But there are times when as we're being filled with God's logos, right, his written word, that he can take and really just kind of highlight or breathe on or, or just speak to our spirit, man, something specific to our situation. And that's when it becomes rhema, right? That is like a, not just like a, hey, you know, here's in general, God wants you to, you know, love your wives. But rhema is like, go buy her flowers right now on the way home. Like, okay. You know, that's the rhema, right? I mean, whatever it might be, God leads us, God guides us, God, God takes his word and, and applies it to specific situations in our lives in the timing led by his Holy Spirit. And that is what he was saying here, saying, hey, I want you to keep a, enough of a distance to where you don't get ahead of me. You're like, yay, promised land, woo And then it's like, oh, wait, that way, promised land, you know. God is saying, don't get ahead of me. Follow me. Keep your eye on the ark of my covenant, on my spirit. Because if you do that, we're going to possess this land together. Right? It's not just about as much as it's important to know God's for us and he's given us the land, but he also wants us day by day to be in communication with him. Okay, God, what's the next battle today? Okay, what are we doing? Okay, God, where do we go next? Right? It's just that he, he's not a formula to be figured out. He's a person to be pursued. And God is saying, I want you to pursue me. And we will possess the land and you will experience my blessings, but it's going to happen together. Right? It's father and daughter. It's father and son. We're going to do this. You're going to draw closer 
to me in the process. I'm telling you what, there's something really incredible that happens when we do that. I had the privilege of, uh, well, I had a privilege of an experience I had, and it happened to be at the eye doctor. I don't know if the eye doctor was a privilege, but anyway, um, it's a privilege to have health insurance. Um, so I went to the eye doctor a couple of days ago, and um, and I went there and was doing the whole, you know, left eye, right eye, you know, A, B, Q, B, B, you know. I actually have a memorized, shh, don't tell them. Anyway, they're the same as last year. Who knew, right? Um, but as I went there, uh, this doctor was talking to me, and I kind of sat there, and I was like, Lord, you know, if you want to do something, you know, in his life, I don't know where he's at with you, but, you know, if you have something for him or whatever, I'm open. I mean, I'm not going to force nothing. And, hey, have you read the Bible lately? You know, do you know where you would go if you died? God says to do it, do it. But I'm saying, yeah, that wasn't my plan. Like, you know, but just, hey, God, I'm, I'm available. I'm willing. And so I kind of, you know, tried to put my little antenna of the spirit up, kind of speaking of, of following what, what God's doing. And, you know, we talked about whatever and this and that and my eyes. And, and eventually, I don't know how it even came up, but he starts saying, oh, yeah, well, I was raised by a Catholic mom and a Jehovah's Witness dad. I'm like, wow, that's, I can't even, you know, like give me a whiteboard because that is like Tropicana Twister, you know, orange and pineapple. Flavors Mother Nature never intended, you know. But he starts saying, and I'm like, and I just, and sort of like, I think by the Holy Spirit, I was like, so where did you land? I mean, that's it. One question. I didn't press it. I didn't, whatever. So where did you land in the middle of all that? And then he just begins to like, wow, well, I kind of like ended up in no man's land, you know? And he just begins to like actually share like, yeah, I kind of, you know, have a distaste for, for all of it and just don't, I, you know, my wife and I, our family just didn't really... And all of a sudden, it's like this incredible thing where I'm like, yeah, you know what? A lot of religions and a lot of churches, including mine, I mean, I'm a part of this mess. Well, first I said, you know, if you're dissatisfied with organized religion, come try our church because we're pretty disorganized. (laughs) But after that pastor joke, um, you know, I just said, hey, you know, obviously, unfortunately, we we add a lot of stuff, a lot of additives to, to the kernel of just the gospel of who Jesus is, the fact that he loves us, the fact that he came so that we could just know him and receive just his life in our life and, and not have to do a bunch of extra stuff to try to impress God. And I said, you know, churches throughout history, I'm not an accept, accepting myself to that. We, we tend to add stuff to it, you know, and, and God's continually wrestling with his church. Like, no, keep it simple. It's about me. It's about my love. And in the process of that conversation, then we kind of left it and went back to like, oh, so 2040, you know, whatever. But at the end, he's like, do you have a business card? you know, for your church. I was like, actually, no, because, you know, I'm not expecting God to do things in my life today. Uh, but I wrote down, I'm like, I can write down the, the website for you. And I wrote down the website for him. And, and it was just so incredible to go, wow, God, like I wasn't, you know, I didn't wake up like, oh, I'm going to impact people for the gospel today, you know, but it's just a matter of kind of that, what it's talking about, keeping our radar, like it's knowing God is for us. He's Jesus to us. He's Jesus in us. He's Jesus through us. So being confident of that as we look forward and then just keeping our eye on the ark and saying, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm watching you. So whatever, you know, if there's something you want to do, sweet, let me know what my part is. And it might just be as simple as one question. So where did you land? It's not rocket science, right? But all of a sudden God uses that. It opens up and I just believe be praying for him. His name is Dr. Witters. And God wants to do the same through you, church. If we even open our eyes to a little bit of what God wants to do, I believe that our families are going to be rocked by the promises of God this year 
like never before. You know, sometimes it involves laying down. There's a passage, I don't know if I put it in your, I don't think I put it in your notes, but you know, Ephesians 4, 22 through 24 talks about putting off our old self, being renewed in the attitude of our mind and putting on the new self made to be like Jesus. You know, some parts of preparing for the new thing that God has is letting him work in our lives, right? Letting him deal with us, prepare us to possess his promise and not contaminate it. So God's going to be faithful. God's going to be working in your lives. Here's what I want to close with today. And by the way, what does it mean when a pastor says in closing? Absolutely nothing. Okay, I'm just kidding. Josh, you can come up. I want to speak over you that this year is going to be a year where some of you have been yearning to feel like you really belong, like you're really connected, like you're really knitted into the fabric of the body of Christ or of this local body or whatever it might be. And I want to tell you, in Jesus' name, this 2017 is that year for you. You're going to experience a breakthrough. You're going you're gonna to allow yourself by the hand of God to be knit together with a family. Feel that sense of belonging, that sense of identity, that sense of friendship, that sweetness of, of, of connectedness in him. Some of you have been saying, what is my purpose? I don't know what my purpose is. Man, I don't know where I fit. I don't know where I contribute. I don't know kind of, I just, I don't fit. I'm not a nursery worker and I'm not a musician. And I'm, so what do I do? Where do I fit? I'm telling you what, this is going to be a year of discovery of who God has uniquely made you to be, right? All the strengths and talents and abilities and giftings of the Holy Spirit that God's packed inside of you. God is going to begin to reveal those things. God is going to begin to shine his light and you're going to discover, oh my goodness, God, wow. You know, not like, oh, I'm the greatest. But you know, like David said, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wow, God, you didn't make a mistake with me. There is a part uniquely that I play and there's something I bring that's going to move your kingdom forward in a beautiful way. I'm telling you what, this is going to be that year for you. I believe one other thing I wanted to proclaim as we begin the year together is that this is going to be a year of impact where God is going to allow us to reach the nations right here in Lakewood. Tell you what, the nations are here. I don't know if you've looked around lately. Man, we've got, we've got people from Africa. We've got people from Asia. We've got people from Latin America. I have to say Peru because I told them last night I would see like specifically mention Peru, but I know Argentina, other nations as well. Uh, uh, Puerto Rico. We've got people from the Middle East. We've got people from, anyway, all over the place, all over the world that are already a part of this congregation, but also around us in this community. And I believe that God is saying, I want to reveal my heart. I want them to know my love. I want them to know what I've done for them and the life that I have for them. There's a guy right up here. Everybody know Yummy's Donut Shop? Is it okay to talk about donuts on New Year's Day? We haven't started officially. Like, that starts tomorrow, right? Okay. Yummy's Donut Shop right here, which Josh introduced me to. Incredible place. On the other side, they also have healthy breakfast burritos that are calorie-free completely. But it's owned by a Syrian man from Syria. Have you, like, watched the news lately? It's Syria, like, civil war, destruction, terrorism, ISIS, fear, mass murders on the streets. Here's a person from Syria that God would allow us to bless, to serve, to, to love, to encourage, to, to sow a seed of, of the gospel, of the good news of Jesus. 
And who knows if he might call his little brother back in Aleppo or wherever he, and, 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 and share that God loves us, that I've found something that you need to find. I'll tell you what, guys, this is going to be a year where God is going to bring us into greater impact than ever before with the love of God. Amen. Can we praise God? So God, we pray for that, Lord. God, we pray. As we look at our own lives individually, God, I pray that you would stir us to thanksgiving. God, that you would stir us, Lord, to see your goodness. Open our eyes to be able, as we look back, to see your goodness, to see your faithfulness, and to give you thanks and praise. God, I pray that as we look forward, Lord, that there would be no doubt. Every lie of the enemy will be broken in Jesus' name. It says, God is not for us. God doesn't have the power to help us or doesn't have the desire to help us. God, I pray that every one of your sons and daughters in the sound of my voice would know in their spirit that you love them, that you care about them, that you like them, that, that God, you delight in them, that you have a good purpose and good things you're going to bring them into this year. God, marriages restored, finances prospered, purposes discovered, giftings revealed, God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, and all for the glory of your name. And God, I pray that we would do so in a way that pursues you and, and follows you, and not getting ahead of you, but Lord, we're doing it with you together in sync with your spirit one step at a time so that every place we put our foot upon would be given to us as an inheritance for your name's sake. God, I pray your blessing on your people. I pray you'd speak your dreams, speak your hopes, speak your visions, spark faith, awaken God, dreams and visions and, and purpose in the hearts of your sons and daughters. Whether it be tiny, whether it be huge, whatever it is, God, do what only you can do. Breathe in us. We love you. We choose you. We say amen. Yes, to your yes in heaven, we say amen. Amen right back to you, Lord. Let everything you desire to happen in our lives, in this church, in this community, happen for the glory of Jesus. Amen.